1: And welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Keenan Bonner. And the match we'll be getting into this week is 2014's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes versus 2016's Gold. This is Wildcard Week 1, Wildcard 2 next week. Keenan, I must say, it's good to have you back with me after, uh, through me not being too well last week, I did a pod on my own, so... It's nice to be able to hear someone
0: else's voice as we do this. Nice to be back for the full length, for the full feature length, as opposed yeah. to the, the little snippets as well. But there were mitigating circumstances for all yeah. of us last week. Yeah.
1: Like I was kind of telling jokes to myself.
0: I <laughs> meant like, yeah, this isn't quite
1: it. I recorded it. It's one of them. Have you ever like felt ill before? Where for for about two hours maybe you feel like this is it. Yeah. And then it just passes just like out of nowhere. And then you just feel sound again. And so, yeah, I recorded it at like half two in the morning. I feel like every film, whether it's our favorite or least favorite, should have something on the podcast feed. If people are tuning in for trivia or whatever, there should be I, something uh,
0: there. I agree. I assume they just tune in for our wonderful personalities. But yeah,
1: that, I imagine yeah, that's the news weren't quite the same
0: as uh, yeah. they usually are. So, I yeah, we are. In the description we're back to it. Apologies all, all round, as you say, mitigating circumstances. Um,
1: but yeah, well, so. we don't have Shawny this week. He is we can verify on a work trip. It's not a inverted the e-commerce work trip. Uh, next week we've got wildcard week two, and then it's into round two. So uh, we'll see which film goes through here. We also, before next week's podcast, we'll have to decide which film is at risk for the wildcard. Um, as last year's wildcard made it to the quarterfinals. So, uh, mm. not last year, last season. So, we'll see how we go. If we start with Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. So, I'd seen this as my wildcard pick. It's actually mine against yours today. So, oh. uh, we'll see how the uh judging goes. Although, it's not like usual. Our previous wildcards, I felt quite protective over the pick because it had been like one of my favourite films, whereas this one was more an excuse to watch it again. I knew you hadn't seen it, which kind of added in. So uh,
0: yeah, it's, uh, yeah, very true, actually. Laura Bynum's Citizen, I went, I was all, I'm, I know, as you like to remind me, I missed a pod <laughs> for different, but uh, I was I was like all out to bat for it because I think it's brilliant. This is just a film that I like, and I thought
2: yeah.
0: it was something very, it was something different to, pretty different to sort of what we've got in, in the bracket, so I thought why not? Yeah. And I know a couple of lads have not seen it, so where from watching it, because it is, is good fun. Exactly. So, um,
1: the synopsis then a growing nation of genetically evolved apes led by Caesar is threatened by a band of human survivors of the devastating virus unleashed a decade earlier. So, for those unaware, this is the second of the trilogy. Um, you don't need to have seen the first one, but obviously, it does help. You maybe have some more attachment to the characters. Uh, as a bit of background, they actually changed directors uh, from the first to the second, so that's why maybe some of the characters you would think would naturally follow on aren't in there, and he was able to add his own kind of spin on it. So, um, the critics' reviews, do you think they're going to be good or bad?
0: I th- I, if I remember, this is from memory, if I remember yeah. rightly, was it the first one or the second? One of these I feel like was a was a big thing. So I'm going, to, I'm going to say that'd be positive.
1: This is the highest rated on IMDb. Um,
0: oh, okay, it might be this one. So I remember one of them being a big thing. Um, so I mean,
1: the cinema, when you're um, when you're a member, they do these uh, secret screenings. And uh, what it is, is they kind of give you some clues in the build-up. You go in and uh, you get to see a film, sometimes like months ahead of time, sometimes a couple of days ahead of time. But the thing is, basically, you're not supposed to know what it is. Yeah. There's ways now you can work it out, but this one was actually um, one of the secret screenings for me and Sean that we went to see. Oh, we were right. a bit disappointed at the time because it was like three days early, I think. Oh, okay. So it wasn't quite the same. Like, I remember the first one we did, I think I went with Alex, maybe Sean as well, was uh, Now You See Me, and that was like a month and a half in advance. Hmm we got to see it, so it was quite cool with that kind of thing. Um, the other one, and there's no way of saying this, basically, uh, so one of them, it kind of, the rumours came out before one with the clues. I can't think what the film was called, but it was essentially about um, a gay lad who's struggling to come to terms with his sexuality, and as is in uh, films, someone plasters it on, like a school message board, and he's outed that way. Basically, oh, okay. is how it is the film. Uh, me and Jack at the time were like, it's not really, a, it's not really our type of film. And in turn, once we got to the cinema, we chose and just happened to watch Game Night. And obviously, that was one of those that really took you by surprise and was a great, great a good film. film. Good film. Yeah, partly because there's there was
0: no real anticipation for it. So, do you do you you say like now there's ways of working it out. So no no, no would... I was going to ask you a question
2: yeah
0: or I was going to make a statement to so whoever you, you agree with me rather than pose it as a question but I don't know if I'd want to if someone said oh it's a secret screening chance your luck like this is what's coming out especially it's yeah. it's only eligible so my point being as you say the cinema you're referring to because yeah. obviously it's a UK thing right well, so cinema to be eligible you need to have a meta to be yeah. Uh, Hold one of them like cine cards yeah. or whatever it is. So at that point you pay monthly and you can go and watch unlimited films, right? So would you yeah. not just go on the basis of fuck it, I'm going to go in. If if I don't like this after 15 minutes, bollocks to it, mate. Because you're not pay it's not as though you have whacked eight. I don't know if they were charging no no 20 it's... 25 quid or something. And they were like, oh, you might be the best film ever. It might be might be something bad. Oh, do you want to do it? would you want to pay a normal ticket price? You. It's costing you no extra other than your time. And if see, you don't, I, you just go and see someone else, no? I probably would be,
1: but part of me just likes feeling quite smug knowing that I've worked it out, I can admit that. Another part is the fact I don't drive, I've often got to convince someone else mm. that's a member to drive along. And knowing which film it is, is a, it's a lot easier to sell Whether it you can get someone to go, to go along. Um But Solid. I remember before someone tweeted when they were trying to work out what it was saying, oh, I'm really desperate to know what this is. And I knew what it was, so I replied to them. I think it was the Moby Dick film that came out years ago. Um, And I replied saying, it's Moby Dick. Yeah. What is wrong with you? It's a secret screen. I wanted to wait. And I said, well, you tweeted saying you're desperate to know. so Look, my bad, sorry. I didn't mean to. But uh, it, it... it is good. The Now You See Me one was the first one where you didn't really know what it was, which was quite yeah. good. And the Planet of the Apes one, we didn't have a clue either. So yeah, it's probably better not knowing.
0: Well, yeah, I just, my, I would have to admit mine comes, I understand your point about feeling smoke. Mine essentially comes down to the money point of it, which probably yeah. tells you a lot about me. But if if it was going to cost me more, I'd want to know to make sure I was spending the money wisely. Yeah. It, the fact that it's not, it's only costing me my time, and it might only cost me forty minutes of my day. If, like I say, if I hate the film, yeah, ninety-nine times. So of the countless times I've been to a cinema, even as an adult, I've taken from as old, yeah so from sixteen to now in the last ten years, I've countless times I've been to the cinema. Right, I would say ninety-nine percent of those times there is simultaneously been more than one film that I want to watch. Actually, I'll take so that. So that's but, the key. Probably thing. about ninety-five probably about 95% there are a couple of films where I've been not I like, yeah. actually asked. so my thing about it being, knowing that there's probably something else I want to watch, I'd pick a screen and I would pick the secret screen and unless they, or presumably it's a set time, but I yeah. would just work around that and just go, like, well, fuck, fuck it if and see if there was other options available that fitted the films I wanted to watch. Yeah, and then base um, it off that.
1: I know for some of them, there's a lot of people that do walk out if I've mm. gone to watch one, then I've stayed in. So, uh, but no, it's, it's quite a cool concept. The, the most annoying is there would be people like around the time saying, uh, so the one was before the first JJ J. Abrams Star Wars film came out. Mm. People said, I hope it's Star Wars. And it was like, realistically, it's not they're not be... giving you Star Wars ahead of time, like, yeah. leaking this for, for people to
0: ruin, but. Yeah, you take yeah. out the top echelon and the big franchises, and then you've got whatever's left. Because it's like, yeah. I actually remember this being a thing with a Marvel thing, but people like people saying things like, "Oh, maybe we'll get to watch." Yeah. It um, was Infinity War rather than Endgame. Yeah. And it was just like, well, so they're expected to make a billion on this. If someone spoiled the more people that spoil this, people still yeah. won't watch it. But there are your figures are going to be askew because if I know the ending is coming, I'm not going to rush to watch it. I just put like, Yeah. And that's happened to be countless times. I referenced it on the pod the Usual Suspects one. It took yeah. me so long to get around to watching it because I knew I knew the ending, so I was like, oh. and then it happened to be on TV one night. Watched it, loved it, but I would have rushed to watch it just from like the synopsis of the film had I have not known the twist.
1: Yeah, I, I saw a tweet yesterday of someone tweeting and skip forward 15 seconds if you haven't seen the Usual Suspects. So I'm about to drop a spoiler. Someone tweeted watching the Usual Suspects for the first time. Clicked it. The first reply. Yeah, Kevin Spacey did. He's actually not stupid. (laughs) And the person just replied, brilliant. Cheers. So, (laughs) I I would never tweet that I was going to watch something like that beforehand. No, uh, It's just asking for trouble. But anyway, we'll get back to uh, Planet of the Apes. So, critics reviews. Though it may be a single component to a larger picture, which will likely see director Matt Reeves return to finish off the tale, it's wholly enjoyable all by itself. In a world where simple black and white morality is popular, there are few Hollywood films, especially with this larger budget, that can ever tackle such complex thematic material. Engulfs you in its world from the opening frame, seamlessly using CGI to create one of the most impressive visual experiences of recent memory.
0: I, uh, I take issue with the word seamlessly. So uh, I was about to ask. So I think, the move- I think the movement's boss. So they, got the Andy- they got Andy Serkis to do it. Yeah. Of course, it was going to be great. Um, what a niche market he's carved out for himself. I
1: know. I've got some trivia on
0: that actually. He might be my hero because shouldn't be a leading man or like a particular movie star. Does it all from behind the screen? Multi-multi millionaire. Yeah. Now directs big films. Legend. Um, it's the talking. It like it's almost like it lapses. Maybe it might, maybe it's my me watching it last night, but it's almost like it just wasn't wasn't in sync. So hard because it's like a micro movement. Almost, yeah. Because it's not like a second behind. But you, no. I noticed it every time one of the apes open their mouth. I don't really have an opinion
1: either way. here. could it be that a monkey talking is always going to look weird anyway.
0: No, I don't think so. Because of how many millions of thousands of cartoons of like I'm I'm bleh, of um sort of animals talking. Yeah. Okay. Fair. But I know it's different It's to sort of traditional anima- animation, but I don't know, it's like, it's really hard to describe, but in my head I can see it now. It's almost like, I really hard to, it's almost like the lips purse for too long for each word. Have, have you ever tried watching a film
1: before where the audio is even just like half a second out? Because I, yeah. I physically can't do it. Like
0: I have to just turn it off. No, I turn it off, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, and the other one, my brother watches my brother is one of those people that insists on watching things with subtitles, regardless of the... My the brother does that as well, actually. I think it really, sometimes cries over the top of
2: it.
0: It infuriates me. But nonetheless, I was watching something with him the other day, I was sat down, and the subtitles were probably about three seconds behind.
1: Oh, and I was no. like, will you
0: just turn them off? He's like, no, no, I like having them on. They were actually behind. And in the end, I just got up and walked out. That happened that's when, when I, I went done.
1: to watch um, Apocalypto, which is why I then bought it again off Amazon. Um, and the font was nicer, which was a big thing. But yeah, the timing of the subtitles is a weird thing because you'd think, in theory, you should be able to watch a, a subtitle film on mute.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. It's um, yeah, it does annoy me. But yeah, it's, it's the Apes thing. I think the the CGI, I think, is actually brilliant, and they're like them on the horses and so on. I think looks great.
1: So the, there's uh, a lot of firsts with this CGI, which I have down a bit of the explanation. Um. So I'll be there in a second, I'll just find a bit. So um, just the last two bits of trivia. It does what the very best sci-fi should do by leaving the audience wondering, what would I do? And perhaps more importantly for the studio's bottom line, what happens next? And finally, more smartly nuanced and visually bombastic than any entry in the series, Dawn boasts a surprisingly textured script and great performances from both the men and the apes. I like that just to add the word bombastic in it as a uh, part of a review. Yeah, um, so, so basically um, I'm taking this down really in as simple terms as I could for it to make sense. So usually when they're doing this uh, CGI uh, motion capture and uh, all the terms for that, they'll do it in a studio and they'll then add that into the footage afterwards. This is the first film where they actually did it on set. So they did it outdoors. And so all of the actors that were playing the apes were wearing these massive, thick motion capture suits. Yeah. In an American summer while filming this. They said no no one else in the cast would come near them after about 30 minutes of filming because they just stunk in this these thick suits that they were having to kind of like be on all fours moving around in but this is why for some of it in terms of the settings and things the cgi does look more seamless in what they referred to in that review because they are actually doing it rather than it being kind of green screened or whatever the terms are onto the footage afterwards
0: i um, i think that's brilliant i feel sorry for the act i feel sorry for the the, the cast (laughs) involved but i do think that's i think that's brilliant i really do i think that's fantastic like Committed to the cause because you are, they could have just chucked it in in a nice aircon studio. And knowing it makes the knowing it now makes me smile and think, Oh, it's really cool, as I've just said. But had you have not told me that, I wouldn't have worked it out and I probably would never have thought about it. Well, so it would, wouldn't have made a difference if you'd have told me the other way, if, if you, you know what I mean. You mentioned um, Andy Serkis and kind of the, the niche he's carved out for himself.
1: So this is his seventh motion capture film from <laughs> 2001 to 2014. And obviously, he's seen the technology improve along that stretch. Yeah. Um, in 13 years, he's he's played three hunching characters in seven in seven films. Gollum, King Kong, who I didn't know that, actually, that he played King Kong in King Kong. Um, yeah, that's the, it's the Jack Black one he's in, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And Caesar.
2: hmm
1: So, and between them, uh, they've grossed half a billion. Those films. Uh, oh. Sorry, five and a half billion. That was a cheap word to
0: miss out there. Yeah. Sorry, I was going <laughs> to say bloody hell, man. I would actually have been shook. Yeah, five um, and a half billion. Sorry. These can't have been. I mean, these. But I mean, between the trilogy, obviously, I know it's up to this point, and then he does the other one afterwards. But these must have done probably five hundred mil, if not
1: more. Yeah, these did a decent amount. I think the trailers look good, but it's tough to sell someone on a series of films that. Either you feel you've missed something out Because they've been going since what Like the 50s, these Planet of the Apes films
0: 60s, and they uh, of, Charlton, yeah, Charlton yeah, Heston's in the first one
1: eh? And just keep going and going and going And not all of them are linked This this was a kind of just rehash They don't they don't yeah. acknowledge anything But they have some little bits in there That kind of pay homage to the people that are Super fans, which they get a lot of credit for Mark Wahlberg's in one as well, isn't it? Yeah, because I always confuse it and say
0: it's Matt Damon In one, but I watched it way back And that was in 2001 2001, yeah. I was going to say, I know Warburg's in one, but that's just like its own thing, right? Yeah. And then you've got so, all the ones pre-millennium. the millennium. Yeah, so they thought
1: originally that they may follow on from the 2001 film and have, and they kind of spoke about leaving some bits in there, but they decided against it in the end and they just went completely fresh. Fair. Uh, so There are two clues to the fate of Will Rodman aka James Franco's character after the events of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So when Caesar returns to his house, uh, which is where they kind of operate on him and they bring his son in there, uh, a sign can be seen with an X on the stoop by the door which would mean that someone living there is infected and can be assumed that they were one of the first to die in the plague. Uh, Will's Jeep is also there and you'd think if he kind of escaped then he would have taken his uh, jeep with him. So uh, there you go. I think you're just meant to assume that as most of the population has been wiped out by this, he has been too. Uh, The film is set in 2026, and according to the director, the original draft of the screenplay, which was written actually before he was hired, was set further in the future with the apes having obtained the ability to speak almost flawlessly and Caesar playing a much smaller role. When the director came on he thought it would be much more interesting to explore Caesar's story at an earlier stage and ask for permission to rewrite the script from scratch. Uh, they granted it on the condition that he was still able to deliver the film in time for the scheduled release date. So could have had a very different film, and I do think they made the right choice.
0: Um, yeah, I was just trying to work. I was just trying to think of it.
1: Well, it wouldn't have felt so, so much like a trilogy if by the second film, Caesar is a backup dancer, James Franco's no longer in it. Yeah, you're right. You're it, right. It, it feels more feasible, the kind of clash between the humans and the apes, like, if the apes can just go up and they can kind of sit around a table and have a discussion and try and sort things out, wouldn't quite be the same, I don't think.
0: No, might have got a nice Godfather S scene, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you do get How a few more get uh, Sorry. conversations in the next film.
0: I think this is because uh, i the put a record, this is my first time watching any of it, as you know, uh, any of these three films. I, I think it's inspired me to watch all of them. You've got um, Woody Harrelson in the third. Yeah, I know. I, googled, I haven't seen the plot, but I googled the cast of it. Yeah, um, he's very good in it as well. He's good in pretty much everything, to be yeah. fair. Um, so.
1: Oh, yeah. Andy Serkis said that he was initially furious when he read the scene in the script where Caesar kills Cobra, feeling that Caesar breaking his own apes-don't-kill-apes apes rule would be out of character. However, as shooting progressed, he understood that even though Caesar imposed that rule with the intention to build a better society, the absolute ideology was no longer sustainable as soon
0: as Cobra rallied the other apes against the humans. So, let isn't that just that invested? Uh, I do, but I mean, isn't that essentially? Oh, no, I do. I mean, I assume that's just the mantra of many a dictator. Um, they, I mean, they we can't to, complain.
1: Now, so we, we, we cursed Batman for not killing the Joker when he'd have saved everyone a lot of time if he took a bit of a life
0: from Caesar. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, isn't that just the, the of anyone who gets enough power is, oh, well, they've got to be stopped. Yeah, but um, well, I guess you're supposed to see some character development by the fact that he has multiple times in which he could kill him previously. Yeah, well, the first time they fight in the film, he, yeah. he, I mean, he is about to kill him. Yeah. He stops just shy.
1: Yes, it's an interesting one because... The review, usually I take that with a bit of a pinch of salt when it says uh, complex, thematic material, uh, makes you question simple black and white morality, uh, leaves the audience wondering what I would do, all these kind of things. There is the purpose of some of that where they reference uh, Cobra and how he doesn't know humans is any different, I guess, they're doing the nature versus nurture kind of uh, debate there. You've got the guy who hates apes but for some reason is brought along to be doing the repair work which makes absolutely no sense why he's brought along and kept along but him saying look they're filthy keep them away why would i want anything to do with them all these little things adding up and it does prevent present a couple more issues than you would probably expect to be thinking about going into a planet the Apes film
0: no yeah yeah there are Morality is basically just morals and people's own ideology is basically just spread throughout, and everyone makes their own. Everyone has their own ideals, etc., etc. It's, it, it's not it, a mindless action film, is it? It's like no. You are to you are to consider the the oppression versus the oppressed, etc. And then it sort of flips on its head, or it can flip. It looks as though yeah. it may flip on its head at one point when he sort of brings the apes into town and says, "Look, we don't want we don't don't want a war, but we are we are here for it." Yeah.
1: Do you think with this, because a lot of the previous Planet of the Apes films, whether you've seen them or not, um, you can kind of go back and look, they're a lot more cheesy. They're a lot more playing into the fact that they're what would be kind of a sci-fi film back then. Uh, I guess how you would usually take a film with a planet filled with apes. In this one, they kind of go down... What you would say and you would certainly say kind of the Marvel way at the time in that they're no longer treating the audience like idiots like you can have a fantasy film and not be too over the top. And they probably get the balance just right in this to be able to reel in people that do want to watch a film that isn't mindless, does have great action, does all these kind of little things in there. I don't really know the right way to say it, but it, it's not just... It appeals to more than a Planet
0: of the Apes fan, is basically what I'm trying to say. Well, oh, yeah, I mean, e- e- evidently. Um, I, like, I've, I This is the only one of them that I've ever watched. And it, it did, did the job for me. Like, I enjoyed yeah. it enough without, you know, you say they put little homages in, but they, they would have all have gone Yeah, I didn't recognise him. It was just in the trivia when I was reading. No, it. no, but sure, I mean, and I, I enjoyed it without any. I had four minutes of prior knowledge yeah. Thanks, to a, thanks to a YouTube clip you sent me that showed me what happened in the first film. But I enjoyed the full experience of the second one enough that I'll probably go back and rewatch the first, even though I know what happens.
1: Yeah, because even with the first one, I guess, the way you get there and all these kind of things, and even have some questions in there by the fact mm. that James Franco, as much as he's the good guy, essentially does help to get this disease out there. By the fact that he starts using it on his dad because he has Alzheimer's and needs to be able to find a way to cure him. Yeah. Because um, nobody else will help. Um, just looking through kind of the plot points, just not so much just scene by scene is just kind of pointing out some of the highlights here. I, I like the, the way that they start and finish with the same shot. You have the close up of uh, Caesar's eyes to start before they're uh, hunting elk. And then you end with the close-up of his eyes after he's killed uh, Cobra. So it's quite a nice way to start and finish it off. Mm. I think my favourite shot of the entire film is when Cobra has shot Caesar and he's kind of leading the apes then against the humans. And the guy who I referred to, I don't know his name, the guy who just hates apes who they've had issues with, He's in the car smoking and as he lights, as he flicks his lighter, you see Cobra's face in the window staring through and that just
0: looks so cool. It does. I think my favourite shot is him on the horseback when he leads him into yeah. the compound. I looks mint as he goes well, to turn and he looks back. Well, Harper hasn't seen it either because he said to me, oh, I watched some part of the eight
1: films over lockdown and then I said such and such and he was... Oh, you must have watched like, the Mark Wahlberg once. So that was an odd one to go back and watch that. But when I said to him, look, you, you've got apes on horseback with machine guns, he was like, well, you don't need to tell me anymore.
0: I'm in. I'll, I'll, I'll be watching these.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: that, that, that's the words. He goes to turn and he looks back. That's, that's the shot I like. Uh, Jason Clark is really good in this as well. He's pretty good in everything, mate, to be honest. It's one yeah. of them. No, no one really talks about him. I don't think. I don't think he gets a lot of mention. No. But well, a lot if you put him in don't a film know him as Jason Clark, they just know him as. Uh,
1: oh, I saw that guy.
0: Yeah, he's, yeah. I think if you saw his face, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I know who he is." But he's 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 solid in like everything. Just a very good actor. Yeah, well, not to be too kind of uh, I
1: don't know what, like film criticy is if you're doing like media studies, but his face is just about right for this kind of role because he looks friendly enough that he could be the hero but he also isn't like baby face is he like you can believe that he's going through these kind of he looks like he's seen he, he looks like he's seen some things <laughs> yeah he's seen those eyes i've seen things yeah and then being supported by gary oldman is uh no one's going to complain about that either are they
0: a dream come true he,
1: he's good in this as well you can believe his character looking at when this came out so this came out 2014 is that the same that's after dark Knight rises isn't it because 2013 yeah that no, might be 2012 maybe 2012 yeah i'm pretty sure it is yeah 2012
0: because the way he plays the character isn't too different to the way he plays gordon is it no no it's but no it's, it's actually not too too dissimilar it's actually i didn't didn't make that link last night I. Just saw it as Gary Oldman. I was just I've... thinking then about how close it was. That's why, so for some reason, I thought it may have been the same
1: year, which is what made me think. Um, what else did I have down? So, you, you've got the fight with uh, the apes. You've referenced one. You've got the fight at the end. Obviously, the fact that it's a uh, height makes it even better. You've got the carnage going on beneath with the explosives. Were, yeah. were you. How long did it take you to kind of be all in
0: on the film? Were you skeptical going in or I uh, I didn't ex I, I, I didn't expect to be that big a fan. So yeah, so I was skeptical. I thought I'd be all right. I didn't I thought he was gonna be closer to like a mindless act, mindless action yeah. film sort of thing. I thought he was just gonna be the apes versus humans essentially yeah and that was all like that was what i was expecting and i be honest, had i got that would i have complained probably not if you just if you would have said yeah it is just apes on horsebacks with machine guns shooting people yeah. and people trying to shoot them i'd have been like okay i'll still watch that but yeah i did When I, when was i all in i know i've referenced it about three times but i think it might be my favorite scene in the film but it is the showdown outside the compound Okay. At that point, when they show up in force, and I like, Look, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a precursor to what's going to happen, to happen everywhere else. But I, I, think at that point, I was all, like, Okay,
1: yeah. Uh, the the stones on uh, Malcolm when he goes back when they realize they really do need the power from the dam, mm. and he goes in solo and he does the walk through all of the apes with them behind him, and they keep shoving him down in the mud. He's
0: definitely shot himself in there. Yeah, and you can't absolutely. blame the man for, for doing so. No. Uh,
1: have you got that in you, do you think? Or you're like, you know what, we've had this long without power. I think we, yeah. I think we can wait a little
0: longer. No, no, we, we've got this far. We'll be fine. See you later. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, in terms of the, the fight scenes, I know we spoke about the CGI earlier. We You had no issues with the
0: CGI for anything to do with this. It was just the talking. So when they were fighting... And it's, it makes me sound like such a dick because it's such a small complaint. I just couldn't... Joe, it's just one of those things, once you notice it, you can't help notice it. Yeah,
1: so I mean, so it's fine with
0: the fighting. Yeah, yeah, talk, yeah. yeah. It? No, I think, think think it's brilliant. I actually really liked it. That leap from your man Caesar when he just gets yeah. off the bridge, actually <laughs> yeah. goes for the flying headbutt off the top rope. Um, no, and yeah, I, I, I think the Cj is brilliant. I think the fight, like the fighting is... is, is like is seamless. That's the word you used earlier yeah. That's a great way. It is just seamless. It looks brilliant.
1: It is just there's there's something about, even though the fact you know it's CGI and it's not happening, two just like beasts of that size. It it's like Hulk fighting Hulk, the, mm. the the two apes facing each other. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um Maurice. Now I messaged you before saying mentioning Maurice. I was speaking to Sean about him in the week. What a legend great guy hero my like, he, he, he's he's in uh, the third one just as much you don't get too much from him in the first one but uh, he he was the first um, I think I mentioned this last week first one of the uh, funkos funko pops that I bought no no first one was cork and so he would have he would have been shortly after just because some of these characters I felt like I need a way to kind of have my appreciation for them, but like in a, in a, in a in a physical capacity. So having those two, quite the collection, and then uh, gone from there with it. Loyal is what I say. He he's just a legend. When the the duality, when he's reading the book, which when you read what that book is, it's actually about. Um, Sexually transmitted infections <laughs> wiping out a uh, town is essentially it, and it's supposed to tie in with uh, the simian flu. Yeah, yeah. And then also when he's uh, coaxing in the kind of guard apes and then smashing him against the bus as
0: they topple it over, just just a great guy. Ride or die. Yeah. Uh, Get yourself a Maurice. Life lessons. <laughs> exactly. He's a, he's a
1: man. He doesn't he doesn't need to be the number one. He doesn't want to be the number one. No. He's happy to just be. Uh,
0: he's happy to be your loyal your loyal yeah, lieutenant.
1: Confidant. Um. If we have a look at the categories, so first one we always have down, Rewatchability. Now, as much as I like the film, do you think it plays against it in this sense? That it isn't the mindless film that we perhaps that it
0: perhaps could be. Maybe um, my so my view on the rewatchability is a little bit skewed. Yeah. So there is no this, this is no disrespect to the film because I was considering this like I was considering this last night. I think I would just now go and watch one and three. Don't yeah. know if I would go one two three. No. And that's no that's not a slight against the film. I just don't know if I would rewatch it again so soon, sort of thing.
1: No. No something that i noted down while watching is that every action film feel every action scene feels like it needs to be there it feels like there's consequences to every action scene that you see there's never a thing like this is just going to be cool to see monkeys fighting like everything in it for a two hour 20 minute film needs to be there and so i think that does Higher when you go into the preference, but in terms of the rewatchability, perhaps you would be more
0: inclined to go in if Cobra and Caesar were going five rounds, for example.
2: <laughs>
0: um, but the point—I uh, suppose—the point of the consequences it ties into the le- if you want to say lessons, but ties into the points of the films, doesn't it? Every action yeah. has a consequence, yeah. and that is is probably a bit subconsciously or. or might be overt. It might be what the director was is is trying to tie it, in. and I pro- probably lean towards it being an overt overt point. But yeah, everything everything happens. Everything that happens for a reason, or every, you yeah you, you can work out what you it's, you can quite easily. It's fairly linear. You can see how you go from eight a, a to Z in this film, or A to yeah. Z in the show.
1: You've got the equivalent of those two guys in Pirates of the Caribbean as well, haven't you? Where Cobra kind of acts like the dumb ape. Mm. and then eventually gets over on them yeah I forgot that eventually he does just pick up the machine gun and just like blast them yeah with, uh, about 20 bullets in each of them yeah um so that that did catch me off guard but the the scenes with them are quite good with uh, them showing that the apes perhaps aren't as stupid uh, as the humans would still
0: consider them to be even after hearing them speak. Yeah, hearing them speak, hearing them strategize, or yeah. seeing them strategize, and like have a fully sort of being prepared for, like have a military that is prepared to go. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they still underestimate. Um, I feel like if in the real world, as soon as an ape says hello, or even just says the word ape, I'm like, oh yeah, shit, <laughs> let's be careful. But the guy that I just keep referring to is the guy that seems to just hate apes
1: more than anyone. I assume you know what I mean. Um, I do. Yeah. If you're Malcolm Jason Clark, how raging are you with him? How much do you take it out on him when they say no guns and he's got that sneaky one? Mm. Um, Because he nearly does get them all torn apart. He
0: he does. However, I agree with you. You know his thoughts, you know he's a risk. You've chosen to bring him, you accept the consequences. Even on that guy's part,
1: like with that many apes, surely he's not getting very far.
0: No. Meanwhile, shoots two before one of them tears his throat out.
1: Yeah, and and at least kind of even hide it a bit better. Like you, you, you've got a little
0: baby running around, and the first thing it picks up is is your gun. You're not doing a very good job. No. But no, you're right. It's 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 not great. But also, I but I suppose maybe he's thinking I need quick access if it if it gets on top. He doesn't yeah, want he, it slung, it's not, it's tucked in behind three layers in case he needs quick needs it, needs to pull it out. But again, I'd be raging at the fact that we almost died. But if you sat and looked at it objectively, like, well, probably should expect that he's going to do something like this. Yeah, he he got what was coming to him. Um,
1: if you did wonder, by the way, when we were talking about the money it made. Uh, Budget 170 million, box office 710.6.
0: Oh, I was talking maybe a billion between the three, but (sighs) okay. That's just the one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you're probably being closer to two. Christ. Where, where for the casual person, does James Franco's
1: face on a poster add up compared to Gary
0: Oldman and Jason Clarke? the casual person these days, yeah. probably Franco tops it. I would so, suggest this is no again no disrespect to anyone. I would suggest when I think of casual film watchers, I think of somebody watching wants to watch something easy. Yeah, if you had the
1: the classic Seesaw, uh, do you think James Franco on the one side and Jason Clark and Gary Oldman on the other, I think that levels it out?
0: It should go the other way. Like, it should go the other. I think, I, I don't know if it tips the scales towards sort of, sort of Clark and Oldman, but it's, uh, I mean, it shouldn't even be tipping the scales. If you offered me a film, you I would probably, if you offered me a premise that I preferred with James Franco or a film I thought was going to be terrible with those two, I would probably watch yeah. the film with those two in it. Because, I don't dislike James Franco. I mean, he's a bit uh, weird,
1: but... Yeah, very weird. The budget for the first one was £93 million and it made 481.8.
0: Okay, so we're at 1.1. Do you want to just tell me what number three was? I'll just have a look now. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I know I've expressed my love for Gary Oldman before, but Gary Oldman is one of those actors that if you tell me is in a film, I'll probably watch it.
1: So the third one, budget 150, box office 490.
0: Oh, so this really is the one. But I mean, still, it's still probably 1.6. You could say,
1: so you don't get Gary Oldman in the third one, Mm-hmm. is he a scale tipper more
0: more than we've perhaps given him credit for there very possibly very possibly the num- the numbers seem to reflect something about that. that's strange i don't think i've ever seen that before
1: where it goes up and then down you think if it's gone up from the first one you've bought in when you yeah. go to the second one you assume
0: you've bought in again so you get i was expecting you to tell thing. me the third one would have done it a- basically done a billion on it's own yeah that's that's really shocked me maybe the review i don't know the reviews maybe wasn't favorable out the gate and it put people nice no, it's, it's it's very
1: close to the second one in terms of uh, hmm. the reviews it was
0: nominated for several academy awards um for visual so effects i actually can't i don't know i could, couldn't i don't i've i've never seen that either to go oh, back very, to the first one strange. I mean, I have to give you, give the studio a bit of credit because look at the budget for the first for ninety four hundred and seventeen. The only really they all, I know it's thirty four million, as so though it's not, oh, it's nothing. Um, but it's sort of thirty odd million more, they don't exactly go wild for the budget for the third one. No, uh, they play the cards quite close to the chest. Though. Just having a
1: quick look um, now. This may play into it in terms of just the other blockbusters that come out in 2017 alongside this. Mm. So you've got the final J.J. Abrams, Star Wars, yeah. Beauty and the Beast, Despicable Me 3, yeah. Fast and Furious film, the Jumanji reboot, the Spider-Man reboot with Tom Holland, Guardians no, of the Galaxy bit. 2, For Thor bit Ragnarok, bit. Wonder Woman, mm. Justice League, Logan, John Kirk. War for the Planet of the Apes comes in just below Dunkirk, so you've also got The Greatest Showman. You've got a lot in this year, so maybe that, maybe that's what affected it. Maybe. I don't know when it was released and what it was competing against. Well, you've got three Marvel films and two DC films right at the start, right through the year, so it's going to be clashing with one, one of those Star Wars yeah. in December. Mm. So, yeah, it's... Rough times. Yeah. Um, best moments slash scene. You you said you think it's uh, when the first kind of ride yeah. in. Yeah. I think mine would be when Jason Clark's marching through and they're kind of following him behind. That was okay. uh, my favorite. I think. Um, MVP Caesar. Yeah. I was going to ask: Is there an argument for Malcolm getting this over? caesar you can make the argument but i won't agree with you no because i neither actually survives without the other like they both mm. rely on each other as much as as much as the other does it's interesting. interesting um best side character maurice yes sir yeah difficulty of adventure
0: what do you think are we just running this down we're not gonna do we not know no, we no, we will. i
1: just i was just considering it then um, okay. Um for whom? Well
0: this is the thing so I guess the adventure who do you take who do you take as your protagonist the humans then their adventure to try and survive uh, uh or to yeah, try and prosper or you talking about the apes. I'd probably say the apes because they're the, they're the consistent ones when
1: it comes to the third one and I'm doing this all without kind of giving you spoilers but it focuses in far more on the Ape's journey. Then by the third one, the the scales are very much tipped to humans bad, apes good. Mm, okay. So I would say on behalf of the apes, because you're rooting for well, Caesar ultimately through the three.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean he's got a pretty rough ride. He has to quell yeah. a quell a rebellion. Um, try and keep sort of his 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 colony, his family together, etc. Whilst trying not to start a war. Yeah, and get wiped off the face of the earth. So it's mean, he's, a he's pretty, pretty rough couple of, couple of hours for him.
1: For sure. Uh, let's go on to gold then, and then, as always, I say, oh, so we'll come gold. back. Um, synopsis then. Kenny Wells, a prospector desperate for a lucky break, teams up with a similarly eager geologist and sets off on a journey to find gold in the uncharted jungle of India. Now, I've told you what the critics reviews are like here. Hmm. For the most part, they were nasty. Um, The reviews I've taken are far more balanced in terms. I take five, so I've taken five negative ones. Um, Basically, and I I didn't take down a review that says this. I don't know if it just came out too close to Wolf of Wall Street, or people just thought of that. You you open with the kind of uh, voiceover. You've got Matthew McConaughey is very much the leading drive above all characters, much like you've got Leo in
0: Wolf of Wall Street. The do thing, you think that's um, basically the comparison? Is just, this isn't Wolf of Wall Street. I was going to say, do you think McConaughey popping up in Wolf of Wall Street as brief as it is, but it is memorable. Um, I, do you think that's done people, it done it done it a bit of harm? No, a lot of people
1: in in all just they just found McConaughey irritating in this and they couldn't get past it. He's supposed to be. I know I know he's supposed to be but you are supposed to at least have some kind of rooting for your main character. I did, but obviously some people didn't. It's like there's there's a certain charm to Leo that he's probably not even doing anything
0: intentional. He's a he, bigger he dick just has than, that. He uh, Jordan Balfour or Leo in, is a bigger he, dick. He than absolutely that. is, but Disgrace. You,
1: you, the majority, myself included, are still rooting for him more than you're rooting for Conaghy in this, and that seems to be part of the issue. Hmm. Um, but I, I I don't know. Like I said, I, I like the film. I'm, I can say that quite upfront now. This isn't um, me saying I'm just trying to ex- get to grips with why, because I messaged you like, I don't know why
0: people hate this so much. Uh, until I'd only... I, like, a very limited people that I know have seen the film, um, which may say something, but I'd never known anyone not to... Oh, it's great, like, no. a really good film. And then you were like, oh, what do you think the reviews are like? Yeah. I, I thought they'd be good. I said, oh, I think they'll be good. Like You're like, no, they're, they're shocking. Yeah, I don't know like, anyone horrific. That, that dislikes
1: it either. Um, so maybe it is just a critic's thing, but, um, yeah, it, it seems... People just didn't like McConaughey. Well, I'll give you what they said. So, Gold is worth its weight in gold thanks to outstanding performances from Matthew McConaughey and Edgar Ramirez. Um, Whoever that is, their editors should have sent that back. That's too cheap. Uh, Gold has a terrific twist up its last real sleeve that is well-concealed, pleasingly unexpected, and which I wouldn't dream of spoiling, except to say... Clever as this twist is, it comes too late to rescue this metallurgical melodrama from mediocrity. Never heard that word before.
0: Metallurgical.
1: You heard of that? No.
0: Also, <laughs> that's just pretentious. Well, uh, I'll
1: continue for you. Uh, this movie is one of the most incompetently made things I've ever seen in theatres. And there are moments that may make you smile you aren't going to care enough to be invested. It's a rare film that manages to close with a final scene much better than anything in the two hours of movie that preceded it. With 10% less McConaughey and 10% more everyone else, gold, you feel, will be a much better investment. Finally, gold is that strange beast, an okay story elevated by a performance richer than the material truly
0: deserves. Hmm. I have to say, I think Matthew McConaughey is stellar in this.
1: Yeah, well, I've got some bits here now. So, for a start, I don't think any of us, either of us, dance our way into work. We won't say anything more on that. But Matthew McConaughey here was was, was paid in preparation for this. So, he shaved his head, gained £45, and wore false teeth to make the character less attractive looking. He said he gained the weight eating cheeseburgers, drinking beer and milkshakes. That surely...
0: That's the dream.
1: Yeah. I he mean, could've it could have been an awful film and you take it just on the face of somebody. Right,
0: sure so I you would. People say, think... You're letting yourself go. It's, this is work. You have yes. This is work. I put a stone on during the Euros. He's doing much <laughs> the same. Just dropped the milkshake, <laughs> adding a bit of beer, cheeseburgers, and kebabs. I, I did much the same. <laughs> well, does
1: that play in? So, during an interview on ESPN's first take, Matthew Clay and this was his favourite role he's ever done. Hmm. Uh, we We both said, He's just he is given, as some of the critics complain about, just run wild.
0: That's yeah. basically what they said to him, and uh, he fully fully grasps it. Um, he um he makes uh what was I was going to say he, at this point we talk when do we speak about McConaughey? Interstellar. Interstellar, yeah. So this is post Interstellar. Yeah. Uh, and it's post X, Y, and Z, Dallas, Bias Club, etc. Is this the first time... Because I mean, he's bankable at Interstellar, but at this point, is this when you... Like, yes, yeah, Is he Matthew McConaughey at this point? Because I feel like he's far become far more famous in the last five years. Yeah. Without, without doing a great deal. I don't, I don't am know. I doing him a disservice? Hold on. Because I feel like he's far more famous in the last five years than he was in the five years preceding that, even though I think he did more in the five years preceding it as he has in the five years since this.
1: Well, I don't know if I'm being insulting because... Previously, if before I really spoke about him as Matthew McConaughey, I'm referring to him as the guy that lost all that weight for the role, basically. Mm. Um, so let me We're not saying he he has a bad resume up to this point, either. Are we? We're saying that no, no, so he's not a star, and there's stars, and then there's yeah,
0: you see, he did gold, he did the dark tower, which he was in with Idris at Albert. Oh, yeah, not good. No, I've never seen it. Uh White Ball Rick I haven't seen. No, but that does look good. he plays I think he plays the, the dad in that, don't he? Serenity, I don't know what that is. Beach Bum Mud was his breakout basically where that's twenty well, Not breakout, but he, he
1: that's where yeah. he's noticed by Christopher Walker and he's noticed by kind of all these people.
0: So from so five like Christopher years, before, Walker, like, Christopher Walker, so...
1: Christopher Nolan.
0: <laughs> So I like tweet. the idea. Of Christopher Walken sat there. About this guy. This kid's got it. Uh, one, <laughs> two, three, four, five, six, seven. So he's about to be in a th- sing two, which is a cartoon. So we'll ex- exclude that because it doesn't fit my narrative. Um, the gentleman he's in a, does a cameo in the Ale- uh, Zach Galifianakis thing between two phones. He did for Netflix, and then he does a um, couple of other bits. So going back to 2011, right? He's got a little bit of Tropic Thunder. Ah, uh, so, oh nine no it. No, no.
1: Yeah, oh,
0: yeah, I thought we were just so, saying about. No, no. So my point being, I feel like he's more famous after this this film, not because of this, but after this film, so or, or 2016, than he was before. But he did more, so he does oh, the no. free free state of Jones, Cuba, and the Two Strings, which is a cartoon. Does sing again, the cartoon, but I don't don't think he gets, don't think he would have before. You've got Mud, Magic Mike, The Paperboy, Dallas Bars Club, Wolf of Wall Street, Interstellar, C.H. treats Huge no, I don't films. think he's so much famous after this. I
1: think you see this because of what he's done previously. Like,
0: yeah, but that's my point. That's my point. Yeah. Okay. I thought you meant like this. this I'm not saying this the is the reason to this. Yeah. But my original point was sorry. This was a really long tangent. That I've not. I've just talked without really saying anything. Was at this point is this the film where because you, you say about him just being able to let loose is this the stage the first time you can just be like yeah there you go. Yeah, Done I all think, this now, bang, there you go. Make make a I film. Think
1: more than a lot of these films, you went to see this because it was him.
0: I saw this film solely because, uh no, not solely because I actually like the premise. Because I like. Because it's Shiver. not even like, just like like, one film that did is is it? You've
1: got basically like the snowball. Mike yeah. Is a great acting performance. Magic Mike, massive. Dallas Buyers Club, his name massive. everywhere. Walker, yep. Wall Street, as far as cameos go. Insane. Yeah. True Detective that season wins just about every award you can get. Interstellar smashes it, called one of the best sci-fi films of all time. Free State of Jones, I actually watched it the cinema. It's a very good film as well. Never seen. Then it. you go into Gold, and then yeah, I guess I don't know if he's at the point where he's trying to be more picky, but I know he he teaches classes at universities and things and he, he helps mm. them out with that he's just written an autobiography whether that how much he wrote of it but he's just released an autobiography um in the last year or so yeah after that run i wouldn't be surprised if
0: he just wanted a break yeah uh, yeah i mean I, like i say i'm not say i'm not saying anything bad i was just trying to work out because i think this is the point this is probably the first time in his career where these headline films before, but this would be the one where if I, this would probably be the moment where you'd be like, Psh. interstellar. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to say it. interstellar. I think people would have gone to see, cause it's a Christopher Nolan film at that point. Yeah. The, these... He's just coming off. He's just coming off Batman. and it was two to 18 months, but the last film we did prior to this was he's done in, he's done the dark Knight at this point. He's done inception. He's done the dark Knight rises. Then he's dropping something in space. I feel like Christopher Nolan was the draw for Interstellar, I feel whereas like, for this, Matthew McConaughey is yeah. the draw. I feel like there's people probably cursing us while this is going on right now. But I was going to say
1: the the previous ones, it, it, it's like he's the B side fighting to be the champ, and mm. you're willing to kind of put yourself, throw yourself out there to get to that point. And then maybe this is when he's the champ now, and he can start calling some of the shots. He can start being the A-side. He's demanding more of the split. He's the the headliner here. He's basically doing what he wants. And I guess he's earned the point where once he's offered gold, he probably has a lot more sway. What I can tell you in terms of the trivia, he wasn't the first person that was linked to this role. So originally Michael Mann was going to direct this and it was going to be Christian Bale in the lead role. The director changes,
0: Bale changes, and then you get this. So worked works it, out nicely. It does. I do like Christian Bale, however, and I do like Michael Mann. Yeah. Do you want to ask Michael Mann directed, Byron?
1: Oh, I do, and I knew you were going to say that.
0: Or he directed a lot of things, sorry. Man do you know what, what I'm fire? referring to? Man on... Oh, Heat. Yeah. Heat. He didn't do Man on Fire. That was um, one no. of the
1: Scots. Yeah. Um oh I've got a bit more trivia for you. Um hopefully people know what we were saying with Matthew McConaughey there. Um but if not, too bad. Um so for the scene, Matthew McConaughey did actually touch a tiger. He said, and this is quite a good quote, he says, They scheduled this scene where I touched this tiger, the last scene in the film. He said, No, if you know anything about scheduling, that means if someone goes down. You've got all McConaughey's stuff. You've already got the footage, so it's okay. He said, I did touch the tiger. I'm not acting in this scene. I'm scared. I'm sweating. So I guess when he sees that, and that's the last scene you've got to film, they aren't trusting that this is going to be a completely smooth ride in in
0: touching a tiger. Yeah, I mean... They've got
1: their faces covered.
0: Yeah, and I can't blame them for it, you know? He, he should be grateful it's not Mel Gibson directing after what we've been <laughs> with Apocalypse. God, alive made around chasing him all around. The place.
1: Just chuck him in there and go, trust me, trust me, he's chilled.
0: God, Gibson. If you can't touch that tiger, I don't want you in my film anyway. Oh Yeah, that is actually, <laughs> that's genuinely something you can see him saying.
1: While he's smoking a cigar with his sunglasses
0: on in the background. I
1: referenced that on a Monday's podcast. There was a thing. um, So uh, Steve Brown, Statman Steve, as he's been referred to on a Monday night, we were talking Mm. that he's come on a podcast before, slating the West Ham owners. And then when he saw them in person at Warden Road, he got a selfie with um, Gold uh, doing uh, irons, gestures with his hands. And I was trying to explain the photo to them. And then there was a point where I was like, it actually doesn't make sense to anyone else that's listening to this because they can't see it. And I said, but actually, in fairness, we had a similar situation with the, with Apocalypto recently where it was worth it entirely just to hear everyone's reaction upon <laughs> seeing Mel Gibson in the Apocalypto trailer. So uh, sometimes
0: it does work. It does. Sometimes it does. <laughs> that was great. I still can't get my head around that either. That still makes me laugh <laughs> without fail. <laughs> um
1: would you be up for that so directors should have to do that like a where's wally and you'd get the the film like nerds out there like there'd be some kind of twitter or instagram where their job yeah. is just pinpointing them at some point in the film when they're in for like a millisecond
0: i mean in fairness so many directors do it not, not that not like that but not nuts. as blatant as that no you're <laughs> right there's so many of them do it like tom he phillips even in costume tom, tom phillips in every film he's done is He's either having sex or talking about sex.
1: But the was, would be like
0: Todd Phillips in the escalator and he's like dressed Instead, the of, the curly, like, instead like... of the curly instead of the curly wig, it's just him. It's like, I suppose the other thing is Mel Gibson, because he's a he's a star turn director, no offense to Todd Phillips, but if you put a photo in front of you, it's like, oh, who's that? Yeah. I don't think I don't think I would struggle to guess. It was just how like egregious that one is like
1: <laughs> He was in completely normal clothes.
0: (laughs) My favourite one. Check T-shirt. Check T-shirt and what I assume is a vest because I don't believe it's a white T-shirt. Oh, just (laughs) the nerve of it. It's just unbelievable. Um, So
1: a quote from the uh, screenwriter, Patrick Massett. He says, The most fantastical elements of the story are the most accurate. They're the true parts, he said. So I've got some trivia mainly now around the actual story rather than the film in particular and how it links. So the real Michael de Guzman took core samples from the ground, which were supposedly from the Borneo site. After the samples were crushed and collected, de Guzman made sure he had some alone time with them before they were sent to be analyzed. Now, in real life, how they made this work, he shaved gold flakes from his wedding ring and mix them in with the samples at a ratio of approximately three ounces of gold per tonne of rock, um, which is the salting that you hear about in the film. Excuse me. Uh, Eventually, obviously, he does grind down his ring completely, uh, and he ends up paying locals for their river gold. He spent about 61000 which obviously works out when he's then got those millions down the line. Um, So he spends that on panned gold over the following two and a half years to be shaving off into the and keeping the scheme going. Does that seem strange to you, Pastor? That So they, they miss a lot of this in the film. Um, I'm kind of a bit jumbled here. I spoke to you about it before we did the pod. Hopefully I'm not confusing going back and forth. Hmm. But basically there were two screenplays submitted for this story. The one that is... Conahey centric that we end up getting is solely based around this guy they make, Kenny Wells. Um, the other one analyzes far more of these characters. You've got the menacing uh, De Guzman shaving the gold in, and this going through. So you wouldn't have got the payoff of the twist at the end, but you would have had the interest of. McConaughey's character not knowing what's going on while the other one is playing off the scheme. So he said, the tight focus on McConaughey's Walsh standing, Kenny Wells, means the remarkable scale of the Bree X story goes missing. Brie X is the name of the company that mm-hmm. is represented in the film. He says, what's lost in translation from reality to Hollywood is the rich cast of characters who crossed paths at Brie X. Walsh, who passed away in 1998 at age 52, was something of a putz, never a criminal mastermind. The film stays true to that character; and makes no attempt to dig into the mind and motivation of the alleged mastermind of the plot, a geologist played here by a hunky Venezuelan actor Edgar Ramirez. Colorful mining tycoons such as Ted Keebles, who fought for control of the deposit prior to the revelation that all that glitters is not gold, are summed up in the film in a single in a single executive played by Canadian actor Bruce Greenwood and a remarkable character given minimal screen time. So he's essentially saying, there's far more interesting people here. The guy that eventually becomes McConaughey, who in this film is charismatic, he's seen as a guy who uh, is a real driving force for all this, isn't the guy that they sell him out. In hindsight here, do you think that's the right way to approach it you can, get Hay, you can get McConaughey, go all in here. You've got the payoff of the twist. Or do you think you can get a better film out of analysing the scheme as it goes on, the eventual realisation, kind of the house of cards tumbling down? What
0: do you think? I suppose it depends. I, I think that's to the individual, mate. And by that, I mean, I, it depends what you want. I understand why they went McConaughey centric. Absolutely. Uh, but I suppose it depends on what you're interested in. Do you want the facts, the figures, the dates, the times? Mm. Or so are you looking the, for?
1: Sorry. So you're the studio exec here, so we're, we're putting you in, in charge. I wish they you, would. You've got the two screenplays on your desk. Now, if we assume you've got the same budget across this, so you can draw a McConaughey level of talent. For the
0: other script, if you choose to go that way, so I could get, so I can get instead of having one McConaughey, we, we moneyball it, and instead of getting one ten, yeah, take, or I'm so, taking two fives or so, something you, along that nature. Yeah, so you you you're not basically just
1: relying on a sub path to go the other way. You have a guy that can really sell this. So
0: yeah, which way do you do you go about it? I like the idea of the ensemble of moving it and it being more. Yeah, more of an ensemble and focusing almost elsewhere, and focusing as with so many of these things. And I think that's why I like the sort of why I like the the big short, and why I like reading these things. As that was, as the was, was the comparison I was going to draw. Was if you
1: went about it big short way, all these moving mm. parts.
0: Yeah, but they give more on the granular details if you want. They obviously don't bore you down or bog you down no. into so primordial. But there's a little bit more there. But that yeah, that's yeah. solely playing to my—that's playing solely to my interest. I don't know if it's a good business decision. I, no, I no. think the best decision, depending on who you who you class to be, I don't know. That's sounding horrible. But half of McConaughey. If you give me, draw me up a list of ten. So you've got yeah. to pick two from this ten. I'll, I'll give you a better idea. But yeah. my my thing is, I I think from a point of view, if you're banking on it and you're spending this money, I I think. You go with McConaughey, really he, do. He, he's not McConaughey, obviously, but Edgar Ramirez isn't a slouch. Like he's
1: a very good actor. Like he is. They could have yeah. done that other screenplay with those two. I'm not sure how well it would have worked because you're getting minimal
0: McConaughey and you're dumbing him down and dimming his light. Yeah. The problem with that is you're still paying him McConaughey wages. If you're the exec, I, I think I agree with you. This is this is the way you do it. Yeah, and I, d- I, don't, I I actually think as much as I like this film, and I say I'm saying this, uh, I actually do really like this film, but I know I would love if it was just at certain points. I'm not talking for the whole sort of runtime, but for certain points, if it was almost a little bit more more granular and there was a little bit more of it well, like, of, of what happens. to do another. Like
1: we don't need eight Ted Bundy films every year. Which there's another mm. one out next week, by the way. I don't know. How why we need so many Ted Bundy films but apparently we do where's that there's one coming to cinemas it's coming to Netflix and I know yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: who's um, in this one
1: there's some one you'd recognise but it's not jumping to my mind it's big budget I know that much because um, I know uh, one of the families of the victims have spoken out like how many
0: more do we need to go through? Just glamorising
1: uh, this guy.
0: I mean, it's a fair question. Is it this No Man of God? Yes. Uh, Elijah Wood? Not sure. Because
1: uh, I know it's, uh, it's, if I look on the release calendar.
0: Yeah, uh, comes August 27th, United no, States. There's no, there's another one as well. Fuck off.
1: Called Ted Bundy, American Boogeyman. Jesus,
0: man! So they're dropping there's two this month. Okay, yeah. So that's even worse. <laughs> well, I'm not sure they're saying that one that I just said with the Elijah Wood. I here. knew that Elijah Wood one uh, is certainly the... I assume that will come. That will come. One, yeah. That will come a lot later for for us, but that comes out in. Yeah, it comes out in the in the US, according to what I've just seen, the twenty seventh. There's actually an article in the Guardian the other uh, a month ago saying it's time to stop making movies about Ted Bundy, and I actually agree. It's, it's insane. Well, two.
1: Like this, this is, one to the, the I I got, one focuses more on the, the side
0: FBI side of things, and this one, the other one focuses more on Ted Bundy. So He's, I, I know. Unfortunately, I have to say this, but he isn't the only serial killer in the world. Uh, It's essentially just a lazy way of wanting to do a slasher and you
1: attach his name to it because there's a bit of buzz. People know him.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And also because people have always said he was a good looking bloke, you can throw someone in good looking. Like you've got Chad Michael Murray in one of you, like, even at 40, he looks good.
1: Well, that's the the point I was going to make with this is like, just because this has been done doesn't mean there's no room for another one to be done. I don't know how much clamor there is for it, but there's certainly. If someone feels they can tell the story in that way, that's still there, Mm. and it would be interesting seeing it from the other way, um, because I'd actually forgotten the twist this time. I texted you last night. Um, I knew it was very much in the classic Scarface house of cards thing, where we see them at their highest high, and then you know, right, yeah, we're in the downward turn, and you need that as well. Yeah, I I've. Forgotten how you kind of got to that point of the point that he not even that there was no gold, but that he had kind of been masterminding this whole thing mm. because it's insane that he, that he was able to do that. Like it's crazy as a concept, the fact is, real life can absolutely do a get another film out of this. So, some of the other differences. Okay, so the movie implies that Edgar Ramirez's character is not married, when in fact, the real Michael de Guzman had at least four wives all around (laughs) Asia. His frequent travelling allowed him to keep them a secret from one another, and in order to put more focus on the story's main plot points, screenwriters John Zinman and Patrick Massett had to omit this interesting fact. After de Guzman's death, his widows began to find out about each other. Like, this guy, there's so much about him that you can put in a film. Yep. <laughs> like, maybe this is the next one that uh, Spitballing Pod Productions needs to get behind. Um, we could uh, take it to HBO. Yeah, so, l- l-
0: l- little TV, little TV movie. So oh, the, the, did, the big question oh,
1: that, and the conspiracy on. that comes out of this is: Did, did you did know he really the really died? Guzman's dead. That's As the in, good, how he right. died? Sorry. So yeah, this one. This is literally what I'm about to give you. <laughs> so. The question, was he really his body eaten by wild boars, which is the most popular theory for the state of how his body was found.
0: Oh, I just read something. Sorry, you go. I was just about
1: to ask you something. After he plummeted from the helicopter to the jungle floor below, his body was discovered with his innards hollowed out and his genitalia gone. Reports state that his body was also handless, footless, and faceless, the Financial Post reports. Journalist Jennifer Wells who'd been sent to Borneo and was shown pictures of de Guzman's dead body, believes that his neatly sutured corpse seemed inconsistent with one that had had been ravaged by a wild animal. Could de Guzman have been tortured and murdered before plummeting from the helicopter? Was it even his body? We'll likely never know. someone claims to have spotted him in a coffee shop in Rome two years ago.
2: Mm
0: uh what i mean am... at the time that it all goes on he's still still doing pretty well so so i mean it's not as he says in the film obviously he's like oh yeah it, it, did I, so in, in the film they say 164 mil didn't they yeah or something like it's all right he's 100 150 plus he is at the time he sort of does it now i don't know how much it costs to disappear and start a new life and fake your own death but I reckon you could have a pretty good go at it for $150 million. <laughs> well, there's the understatement of the entire film,
1: isn't there, where um, McConaughey's character says uh, something like, 84 million goes a long way in Indonesia. <laughs> mm-hmm. As if that doesn't go a long way anywhere. But anywhere, in yeah. Indonesia, this is this is taking you places.
0: Mm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, having been to Asia a couple of times, I can tell you a couple of grand <laughs> will, will get you quite far. Um,
1: <laughs> to Guzman playing
0: Shangri-La on the beach somewhere, do you think? Yeah, just living in cold pee pee, just not just behind one of the bars now. <laughs> just, just serving some beer.
1: So the end of the film, uh, he gets a check for 82 million to point out that he didn't hate him, this, that. So this didn't actually happen. This is pure speculation. Um, it's just to show that there was a friendship there in real life um, and to lead us to believe that his character might still be alive. Something I haven't mentioned yet, uh, the character that Ramirez plays in this film is actually a combination of two people, um, de Guzman and John Felderhoff, who was another one of uh, the people that they don't know whether was in on it. He was also cleared, but they were the two people that were more on the uh, kind of geographical side. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so in reality, Walsh, de Guzman and Felderhoff had already sold off 100 million in stock options before things went south. However, it couldn't be proven whether this meant that Walsh and Felderhoff were in on the scam with de Guzman. So, in the end, uh, Felderhoff, once he's cleared, uh, moves to uh, the Caribbean islands and lives his life out there. So
0: He's the real winner, essentially, is well what we're saying. Yeah.
1: Um, I know uh, David Walsh dies a year after he's at least not found guilty with a brain aneurysm. So yeah. he didn't get to enjoy kind of the fruits of whatever was left for him. I don't know if his stocks were seized or anything like that. Um, so there we go. That That's how the films differed. In terms of what we do get, you've got a film, it's two hours and two minutes long. You you open up with the O'Connor, voiceover to start. And I think a lot of people take the Wolf of Wall Street comparison from the first scene, Keenan, and then they just run with it, basically. Because it's essentially him charming Bryce Dallas Howard, isn't it? He's doing the tricks with uh, putting things in a handbag. He's speaking directly down the camera. He's essentially supposed to be shown as a charmer in this scene, isn't he? And I guess the fact yeah. that it's in an office, phones ringing, people are a lot just putting two and two together.
0: Yeah um yeah it that it, it's just an easy way if you've got a bloke and um, if you've like if you've got a male lead put him in front of a woman and like uh, make, make a laugh is the easiest way and probably the quick it takes no exposition this guy's got a bit basically
1: yeah what, do you, something that's strange is when you look at what david walsh actually look like there's no reason for them to make McConaughey look the way he does, like Walsh has a full head of hair for a start. Yeah, I don't. I mean, basically, I, it, they're trying to say this guy isn't supposed to look like a movie star. Basically, like they don't want to make him look like a charmer in all of this.
0: No, and it maybe it's to show the personality and to show the mind, even again in subtle ways. But to show the mind is always working. You know, he's working overtime. He's working overtime, trying to trying to trying try, try, try to get with a bird. Etc. Etc. So it's an easy way. If you look like Matthew McConaughey, yeah. presumably, presumably it must be quite easy to charm people, men and women. Yeah. That smile, mountain. Well, his his hair in this.
1: Uh, I won't say now. Ten years time, you wake up, you turn over, you, you catch a reflection of yourself in your phone screen. That's your haircut. You got the, the slide through the middle. You got nothing there on the sides. It, you, you've got luscious locks.
0: The monk cut almost. Do you do you persist with it, or no. do you shave it all off? No, but We we talk regularly about the rate at which my hair is rapidly falling out and receding. I mean,
1: you're not corner here in this.
0: <laughs> no, um, but I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm amazed he's sticking with it. Yeah, I I think as soon as there is a. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the stage where I'm probably about three months away from having to do a scalp check and just making sure that it ain't, t- ain't thinning too much up the top. But this, <laughs> the moment I can see, I would say, I would suggest, it's the moment I can see a 10 pence. As soon as you got to put sun cream on the top of your head. No, way, way before <laughs> then, mate. Way before then. Is if I can see a clear, 10 is too big, you to say? A penny-sized penny gap, it's all gone. So, yeah, but it would all go down to a two then wouldn't it? if you keep it short and then it would look less noticeable yeah I mean I'll pray for you that you don't get to that stage be honest, I've got an eye test book next week as well I'm, I'm, I, I, reckon so by this, I reckon by the time I say it I'm, I'm going to be fat bold wearing glasses yeah? like a budget Matt Lucas
2: <laughs> I mean,
1: fat bold of wearing glasses if I had to write it on his dating profile <laughs> yeah but you're not bold are you you've got, you've, well, you've got a phenomenal thing the blade on top but I've not been to the barbers uh, in a while but I'll return, I'll return sooner or later um, something I'd mentioned to you yesterday I'd never have noticed it if I hadn't just been flicking through IMDB the guy that plays the interviewer in this film also plays Cobra in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes which is a nice just, nice little nice little yeah. thing. I'm sure these things are like put in place when they say like, everything happens for a reason but that reason was for this podcast, just so we have a little comparison to make there. It's such an odd
0: one. to, to be Very crazy. random. Yeah. I really like it. It's quite an it an it's eyes, a nice serendipity. Nice bit of serendipity. I like it. This film, for me,
1: the only thing that kind of took me out of it was a, a recognise you from somewhere. I'm <laughs> happy to have a moment and kind of go and check out who you are. You've got the police commissioner from Prison Break You've got Trish Walker from uh, Jessica Jones, Dime. You've got the guy I referred to uh, who plays Cobra. He also is in an episode of Black Mirror, the one where you can rewind your thoughts and he suspects his wife of cheating on him and all of this, and he's rewinding it going mad. Um, you've got the guy that plays
0: Russo in House of Cards. Great guy. Uh, oh, don't tell me his name. I won't be able to. having <laughs> a look. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, wait. Hold on. Why's he thinking of the other guy?
1: There's two bold
0: blokes. There's two. No, there's two bold. There's one who's completely bold, who's a bit of a weasel. Then you've got the man who's almost like his hatchet man. Is it Doug Stamper? Something like that? Yeah. No, Doug Stamper's the one that was in uh, Everest. Yeah, that's the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's the guy. Was, no. that's, but he's almost like he's, he's your it man almost. you yeah. your hatchet man. Yeah. Corey
1: Stoll the, is who I was thinking of.
0: Uh, Michael, Michael Kelly was who came I know yeah. I know what you mean and what he looks like he is yeah. in oh, he's in some random shit he's in that man isn't he yes he is yeah um, I, there's actually I know exactly what I know it's something else he's in he's in something with it's Jason Bateman he's he is in. in he is in Billions what program Uh, he's in something with Jason Bateman but it's like it's got a really good cast and it's supposed to be funny it's quite sad it's their dad dies he's
1: uh, in Black Mass uh oh, he's in a born legacy. Yeah, I know what you mean. Sorry. This is lucky number? 11, two
0: thousand and six. Hold on, let me get, let me, let me actually Google him because I just want to try and remember the name of this film with Jason Bateman. Um, hold on, I've got it in front of me. Let me go to his IMDb. This is quality podcasting content. By the way. <laughs> we've just completely, we've just completely given up. And I'm now just googling this, googling Corey Stoll of all people. Well, maybe use American Experience. Oh, hold on. Ah, got it. This is where I leave you. Don't know it. Your girl Rose Byrne.
1: Just seen he's in the newer uh, Sopranos film uh, as Junior Soprano.
0: Oh, nice. I like that. Good fit. Yeah, you know, so a couple of weeks. Mm, uh, so, yeah, just it's, as, it's, as a request. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say, so, we? Shall I make the trip over to Gloucester for that? Yeah, gotta be done. Nice. Like Cinecard now doesn't work in Cheltenham either, so ah.
1: they they oh, it's not they're good. now so not everyone pays the same price. You basically pick your local cinema and they charge you differently and Cheltenham costs more than Gloucester. Oh okay. Um so yeah, basically the point is uh, there's a load of faces in this that <laughs> you, you you pick out and you have to have a quick pause and have oh. a time D B. Yeah. I think I, I think I've said before. Um, that me and Sean briefly played a game when we used to go to cinema constantly and maybe watch films that weren't great where you would spot someone and then the game would be you'd say where you spotted them from and you'd get a point basically but the game was ruined by this is an extreme example but uh, say Matt Damon was on screen Sean would say all three Bourne films and then say 3-0 and even the game just wasn't fun anymore (laughs) so uh we had to stop it was ruining films for us Mm. um is there a particular scene that stands out for you we mentioned uh the first scene there what about when he has malaria he wakes up and then uh
0: yeah um yes i do that i do like i mean the the sort of the jungle trek as a whole, or if you want to call it a jungle trek, but sort of the bits yeah. sort of as he's traveling, you know, as a whole, I quite, I quite yeah. enjoy. Um, the first meeting they have where he's
1: asking for the loan uh, or for the investment, sorry, and they say, look, if if such and such wanted to be here, he'd be here. And then once he's found the inverted the, commas gold, he's sending him to get him a cup of coffee and be his assistant because. Now they've got the investors they want, the turnaround you've got. Yeah,
0: um, I don't mind. I quite like the the, sort of the interrogation with the FBI or the question with yeah. the FBI. Um, I always I enjoy that. I, as you know, as I tell you quite often, I do love a crime do do love a crime film and a crime crime TV show, so I quite it's like a, the interrogation. It's
1: a cheap way to
0: progress a film, but it's also very oh. effective, isn't it? Because you basically yeah. just revert it into a storytelling. Yeah, it's, you are completely correct, mate. It's just, it's, the, it's so simple. It means to an end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it works. Yeah, for
1: sure. Um, the, the whole scene with him kind of schmoozing around his wife being turned off him because she does warn him, saying hmm. that these people want to take advantage of you. Him in the hot tub with Trish Walker and then getting out to speak to uh, the guy who is
0: in control of all the gold. With his uh, Johnson out, yeah, power play, yeah. Only if you've got, only if you're equipped well enough for it.
1: Well, he does get sunned slightly by he introduces uh, Trish Walker and he says, "Yeah, yeah, I know who she is." <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, I, I, I think I haven't got. I, I, will lay my life on the line and say <laughs> I haven't got that power move in there. Um, probably sends me the other way to be honest. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bold move to take. Yeah. Um I'm not sure if I'm climbing out of a hot tub or I can claim it's cold either. Yeah. Um so I'm I'm bang in trouble there.
1: Um and then it's pretty soon after that, isn't it, where you've got thousands of cards where he turns down the deal for naming rights. Yeah. What what do you think of the ending? So strange. Obviously a lot is kind
0: of added hit there so you have the check part that, that didn't happen. No, I know. That's the strange that's the bit that sort of it's the strangest almost because there's yeah. it's just a random happy ending
1: well, in theory, and you're told
0: throughout the film he, that
1: he can never he, cash that like it, it would be more of a kick in the face at that point
0: than anything else the only annoying thing is that he's put it in the uk rather than uh actually gibraltar because he could definitely cash it in gibraltar yeah well, it's, a ta- it's a tax haven yeah What's he supposed to do with that check at that
1: point? That's that's actually, I'd be annoyed with him. Like, cheers. Now, I could have had this, but I know there's nothing I can ever do to claim it. No. um... The the scene is cool where he's giving the speech for being the prospector of the year and uh, Edgar Ramirez's character is just in the back and he smiles and nods to him as he's getting all the applause for being this great
0: it's got, it's having great the great discovery
1: base, so yeah. yeah, and he leaves just knowing it's. Uh, that is really good and then much like the FBI um, scene with the interrogation the quick TV spot where you can explain everything in 30 seconds works wonders because you don't have to make it complex you don't have to make it emotional with Matthew McConaughey no. saying how has he managed to do this to me you quite literally got two guys like, this is what happened, this is what happened, now carry on. But I like
0: that in, I agree with you. I like, for certain things, I don't it's, need it's much a 10-minute scene. For sure. I don't need, I like. it's like we say it in other films, but you say it in thousands of films, but it's nice when you conveniently flick on the telly and exactly what you need yeah. to explain is being explained by some random news reporter, Do you, you know? It was quite comical in this one, isn't it? Because it is very much, you're supposed to have you draw on the floor
1: as these guys are basically saying, what an idiot everyone was. And you're supposed to be nodding like, wow, this is just unbelievable. One that probably benefits yeah. from a lot of people not knowing the true story.
0: Yeah. At that point, it, it, at that moment, it shares the House of Cards thing. With that, it shares with so many films and War for Wall Street being one of them. Do Joe, you if you think, knew nothing about Wolf of Wall Street, you'd know whilst he's a criminal, but you'd know he's a criminal because he tells you fairly early on. Yeah. But, like, does he mention at the beginning of the film that he mentioned he goes to jail? Not in the opening monologue, right? No. Didn't do think so, but... Sorry, go. Do you think if this story is
1: a worldwide thing, everyone knows about it, so I can't think of a comparable new story, but something where it's common knowledge... So even something like uh, the Boston bombings, they did the film about it. Like, It's quite straight down the line, like we know what happened here. Do you think if we know about the scam going in, everyone knows this, do you think then you have to do screenplay two that we referred to, and it's then more about the method of how he pulled off the scam? Because if you know going Probably. in what happens... It doesn't have half the same kick and no. you
0: can't even accept the challenge well, if you know. Because okay, the whole time you're like, You're an idiot. Yeah. You know, yeah, if you know what if you know what actually happened, you wanna know how it happened. Whereas if you yeah. don't know, you're happy you'll take what happened. Yeah. It's as simple as that. If I if I if I know point A and point B of a story, well what I want is the middle. I wanna find yeah. out how did we get how yeah. did we get here? So it's almost like those things you're probably wondering how I got here. That shot yeah. that you see, but that yeah. is essential. But that's essentially what you want. You want to jump back. Yeah. Whereas if you don't know, uh, if oh this is based on a true story, if you're blind to the true story, well, tell tell me tell me the pricey almost. Yeah, tell yeah. Tell John you know I mean, give me the outline. And then if the if as I did because I do enjoy stuff like this the, for again, again you know any media. Yeah. But like I went I finished watching it so I was, oh, what actually happened? And I, I went away, and as I said to you the other day, I spent a very long time sort of deep diving this. Yeah. Not enough on it for me. Not so a lot of money film, involved in this.
1: One of the films I'd done that most with was probably Black Mass, because I was just so intrigued, and in the fact that only recently he'd been caught added to it and just made it uh a lot cooler. So I, I really kind of deep-dived on that. Um when
0: that came out, but much like you, I do love doing it. I um, I'd I I had actually fortunately do you remember one of the girls who used to work the capital randomly gave me the Black Mass book in oh. an just in an aid to stop me talking. Just Does her name rhyme with jelly? Yes, sir. Yeah, thought uh, <laughs> it also gave me a book about the craze, basically just when I was eighteen, just in an age so I didn't know <laughs> the fuck out of it daily. With with this,
1: in terms of Rewatchability? Where do you stand on it?
0: Oh, I've seen this film about four or five times. So uh, up there then. Yeah. Not the upper upper echelons, but if you come to me and say, "Oh, watch Gold," I'm like, "Yeah, good choice."
1: Yeah, I think it's um, obviously not quite the same, but, but the way this film is, it's like you can you can click on the video on on Twitter someone falling over and hurting themselves and uh you can play it three four five times just because it's still going to be funny every time and maybe you spot something different every time like a little detail in there all that kind of thing it's kind of like that isn't it because the payoff you get and that doesn't change each time because of how smug he is in the build-up that you see each and every time you do it again and it's an easy watch there's nothing too complex it's very all in your face anything that could be complicated at all they voice over for you and basically say
0: i'm going to walk you through this hold my hand here so yeah i i think that that is it it's the lowest it sounds it sounds like insult, it? but it's the lowest common denominator for the the lowest version of this film and I think- which which it has to be to try and make its money back i i, I do get because if you do if the what we're talking about because if the only way that the second scoring play, like we say, works is if everyone knows what's happened. And the runtime's just right too,
1: because it gives yeah. you enough time to buy into McConaughey. It gives you enough time to explain it after, and before you get bored. Because
0: in I think terms you, of, you'd struggle, you'd struggle to make this at ninety minutes.
1: Yeah, and also I don't think you want an extra half an hour. Like. It's very to the point in this. Yeah. Uh, we don't need an extra 10 minutes of you digging and not finding something first. Just tell us that three weeks have passed, you haven't found anything yet, and then eventually you get something. <laughs> so for a film... Just
0: right. Do you know, for a film where people aren't getting shot, things aren't getting blown up, et cetera, et cetera, it moves... Uh, you are right, it moves at a really good pace. Yeah. Uh, so there's always something. And, like, it's... That is McConnell. You, he, he carries it, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, it's, Even dra- the it's dramatic
0: is Joe, yeah, it, it, you know, it's dramatic and it's fun, but there's no in the grand scale of things, no, it's a lot of money, but in the grand scale of things, you know, there's not people's heads aren't getting blown blown off or there's not a hostage situation or it's it's not quite life and death, but it it it, car- it, it carries its own tension and its own pace really well. Yeah. and I guess the fact that McConaughey was given that
1: time beforehand to get himself in this shape. He wants to deliver his, his he's, uh, body is his work. If he's doing that, he yeah. wants to get the payoff for it. Um, I mean, I imagine if either of us were given that role and we had to uh, put all that weight, few things would make that easier than maybe a lovely James Pantry. Um, <laughs> if the people at James Pantry are uh, listening again this week, we're still available for sponsorship. Maybe a nice sausage roll and custard donut a day i would swap of, uh, out the milkshakes for sausage rolls yep will help us get to that stage so just a thought just a thought if we do get that uh remake keenan um i think if you were uh going to be uh de guzman you do fit in with uh, edgar ramirez in the description here uh hunky venezuelan so, he's uh, <laughs> the palest man on the planet yeah, from Venezuela Hiya. we can get there we can get there um, so there we go I will say they've done McConaughey's character dirty with shaving his head and all this um, de Guzman's character they they've
0: done him a they, touch yeah <laughs> they, 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 they've done him some bits here I've seen photos of the real de Guzman yeah and. Four wives. Well, I can tell you that they were all marrying for money. Um, yeah. I I would I, I say, or I'd go as so far as to guess, but yeah, I they, they've done him a touch with uh, Edgar, Edgar Ramirez. The thing is,
1: and I'm not saying you, you have there, but when when you refer to those uh, four wives there, and you say about, look, they're only in it for the money. Like, I That's imagine a if no, because I'm gonna say if if there's a, a woman that you don't particularly uh, isn't ticking all the boxes for you if she she does tell you that she's got like 128 million on the way you you might overlook a few things there and that might charm that might charm you (laughs) just enough
0: so uh no i can fully see what these women are playing at the list of things that i would overlook for that much money would probably get this pod (laughs) cancelled we wouldn't be able to do it again well there we go we'll we'll Um, say no more if there's any
1: uh, rich women out there looking for a uh, looking for an overweight, to down with. <laughs> overweight balding, soon to need glasses. Probably going to look like Split a com. Uh, we've got a contact us section, so uh, really sell yourself. Um,
0: Don't worry about selling yourself. More, just we'll proof of funds. in touch. This is like buying <laughs> a football club. Proof of funds. We there's no fit. And, there's no fit and rightful character test here. It's just proof of funds. So all that's
1: required. Send it through. I'll pass it on. Um, and I'll take my uh, Ryola style agents. But back to business. Um, MVP, it's got to be de Guzman, hasn't it? I mean, we don't know if he's dead, which may go against him, but
0: finesse of the century, the way he pulls it off. Yeah, I agree. Sits in the background. You know, you don't know, you don't know, and then there's a little smile, and it turns out he's the man all along. It's, yeah. not, quite, it's not quite Kaiser Sose, but it's it is nice.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, in terms of quotes, uh,
1: there was one I took down. I don't think either of the most quotable of films. No. Um, Kenny Wells saying, The guy who invented the hamburger was smart, but the guy who invented the cheeseburger, genius. <laughs> I, I actually disagree. <laughs> um, uh, but that's, that's just my own thought you see these hands, these are my father's hands,
0: I'll bury you with these hands
2: mm.
0: uh, I had a dream <laughs> Indonesia, that's where we'll find the gold if someone says that to me at any point in my life, I will tell them to shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> I up uh, also, o- also open it, I'm, I'm touching a tiger
1: yeah uh, I wake up every morning and I tell myself I don't have to do this I get to do this and then it's just blue skies blue skies baby that's all we want in life yeah so there we go um best side character in this one well maybe go
0: Jennings Trish yeah it's great she, she she'd be the other shout. What she wants yeah uh, I do sort of K as well I do like Bryce Dallas Howard yeah, she's good. Um, a lot of the reviews actually say that
1: it's it's as if they didn't know what they had there. Um, what with Bryce Dallas Howard?
2: Yeah,
1: I think she's brilliant. So they're saying like you, you could have got much more out of her if you written in a bit more depth.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. She's 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 brilliant. Like I, in sort of she's one of them that probably not the most famous person in the world. She's a bit like bit like Jason Clark. You know who she yeah. is. And she's great in sort of whatever you put her in. Yeah. Um, so there we go.
1: Um, let's get to the judging and uh, see where we go from here. So uh, which film did you prefer? Uh, Gold. Yeah, I thought uh, we'd be differing there, as we, you expect, with both our wild card. Um, I'll go out first and say I, I do think Gold is more rewatchable, if you agree. Say again, sorry. I, I I think gold is more rewatchable than uh, Planet of the Apes. Yes, so do
0: I. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite moment slash scene across the two films? Uh, I'm gonna pick. I will pick the showdown in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I think cinematically I think that is fucking brilliant. Yeah, I think mine would
1: also be Planet of the Apes, but it would be as I said, uh, him kind of walking through the tunnel of uh, apes to get to where uh, he needs to be. Mm. Um, uh, best quote. I mean, we didn't go through them for Planet of the Apes. I don't know if there's any that jump out to you. There's none certainly that I wrote down. The, the cheeseburger line would be my favourite, regardless. There. Uh, uh, I,
0: don't I like. Know if I like preference. I I will give it to Gold, but I do like the ape do ape donk. Ape, donk, ape no kill ape. You're no yeah. ape. I do 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 like that. Um, um, I do I don't really have many for um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. No no. I didn't take the it, fact I that the fact that more than half of the cast are non verbal yeah. <laughs> probably does go against it. Um, who's your MVP across both films? I'm gonna go to Guzman.
1: I'm gonna go Caesar. It would be between those two. The fact that I know for sure Caesar does live to tell the tale is essentially the clinching factor for me.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, Best site character,
0: it's our man. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, you know, it's Maurice. Sorry, okay, um, I, I was about to call him Malcolm. There. That's why I had to hesitate and remember which yeah, one I actually wow. wanted to nominate. Um, difficulty of adventure, planet of the apes. I'm
1: actually gonna go gold. How, oh. hi. My thinking is essentially that they're ultimately powerless as to what happens for a lot of planet of the apes. And to fool this many people in gold, considering the like billions that were at stake, I'm about uh, to say I, I think I could fight off eight before I could do that, but I'm, I'm I'll that far. But I, I don't know. That was that's just what uh, came. That's just how I felt when uh, I saw the question,
0: dead. Okay. Um. I mean, the whole sort of fate of the planet, fate of your race, sort of beats trying to nick a try, trying to nick a few quid. For
2: yeah.
1: me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, I
1: mean
0: Yeah, I get what you're saying but, uh, Visual appeal They are obviously very different Yeah Like, obviously um, But they do Have their own I don't want to say charm But they are both in their own way really appealing But I would go It's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes If yeah. not for my all my complaints of it But for the apes themselves Yeah
1: uh, best soundtrack uh, Gold, sorry Uh, Originality Gold This is probably the hardest because I don't think either is that original But I also don't think either
0: well, Is like my a carbon th- copy of <laughs> anything else Like
1: am in the way of gold
0: e- This is the seventh <laughs> uh, the, oh, Sorry, this is the eighth Or ninth planet of the eighth film I can't I read it last night
1: like yeah, the I mean, like this was done differently to the rest, which was what made me consider it more original. But I do get what you're saying. Uh, bigger impact.
0: Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes.
1: Uh, best opening scene.
0: Dawn of the Planet of the Apes.
1: I'm actually with Gold on this one. Okay. I see it. With McConaughey I see it. charm, and I guess having seen the other films and. No, I, suppose, yeah, what I, I do see. Yeah, well, my my base of thinking is I find it more exciting seeing them chase after the humans or chase away or run away from humans. Hunting elk in the grand scheme of things, as much as I've, like, I love the opening shot, doesn't have <laughs> the same kickback.
0: No, I get it, but for me, it was a nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for me, it's the like legitimately all the proper. Intro... I don't know what planet yeah. is, but the full introduction, the opening scene. Being the first five minutes is longer than I've seen of any of the others. In fact, technically it's longer than any of the others I've seen combined. I've seen the last, I've seen the tiniest bit of the one with Charlton Heston where we find out the planet they're on is Earth with the Statue of Liberty, but that's like 30 seconds when he falls to his knees and I watched that video you sent me. So that opening scene is the most I've ever seen, so it's just my sole introduction to it.
1: Uh, Which ending
0: do you prefer? Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I agree. The ending with gold, I I do think it's a strange one. The, the, in quotes, happy ending. It's like, oh, 50-50. We've just sort of seen the whole two hours say it's not quite that way. The ending, I think,
1: and I don't know how you feel, you could end with him, Guzman, smiling as he walks out of the speech. Then you cut to the TV of them basically explaining what's happened. I don't know if you can end it on that, but... I don't think you need the whole. He gets his money. You could have it. He's the FBI, basically saying,
0: "Do I believe you did it?" And then ended on that. I suppose, note. Yeah, I suppose maybe you sort of shift it and have sort of twig, twig some stuff around, and have oh, this such a touch of cliche though, but have him in the chair, like going back and explain, explain yeah. it or seven or the seventeen billion, where the, where did it go, and have that as the question. Yeah. Maybe have him them, as the last line, then posing that question, and then McConaughey smirking, and then fade yeah. it out, fade it out yeah. there. It's a bit of a cliche, but I, so I, I don't know the exacts, but maybe no, we'll no, work no, out no, that way. Mean.
1: Um, and finally, which film has the best chemistry? Gold. I've gone
0: Planet of the Apes here, mainly yeah. mainly because of my boy Maurice. <laughs>
1: well, that, and I do believe uh, Jason Clark and uh, the woman and the kid are together. I like. Uh, the way Gary Oldman is basically, I just feel the parts mesh together more than in gold. I get
0: where that almost, but part I, of it is they they're are not supposed, supposed to, to, yeah. I mean, so we well. sort of, I, I talk not chemistry in terms of the story, but in terms of on screen chemistry, yeah. the dysfunctionality and the chaos that ensues between sort of him, the etc. You get it, yeah. Joe, when they're good, they're good, when they're bad, they're bad. It, those two together fit brilliantly, so it.
1: in the end to uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. So that goes through. We don't know. So it'll be up against next week's, uh, which will be either Small Soldiers or Cool Runnings. So very different to what we've had this week. And uh, one of those we'll go against. I do imagine popularity. I think the winner of next week will be the one that is top of the wild card. And by next week, we'll have decided which film is at risk of making it through to the second round. So uh, we'll be back then. We just have our usual points to consider, Keenan, to go through. Mm -hmm. Real star of the film, Jason Clarke or Caesar? For me, it's Caesar. Gold, Matthew McConaughey. I don't think anyone's stealing that (laughs) from him. No, sir. Uh, Recasting one role.
0: Really struggled. Really struggled with this this week. Um, Gary Ogman goes nowhere, Jason Clark goes nowhere, etc. <laughs> etc. Et so, I did really struggle. Don't know if you've got someone you want to throw in the mix.
1: No, uh, well, I mean, the first person that came to my mind was replacing uh, his girlfriend or wife in this Jason Clark with Evangeline Lilly, and I don't know, I think it's just because. Of the whole scenery is basically, I've just been thinking about Lost recently.
0: That's <laughs> so, actually a really stupid question. One? No,
1: it can't be. Right.
0: Am I making this up? My... Is Jason Clark in Lawless?
1: Mm, yeah. Well, I was instinctively going to say yes, and now I'm second guessing myself because
0: you asked. Is he not the other brother? Well, so it is. It's Tom Hardy Shia Booth, and is he not the. Yeah, Jason one? Clark, yeah. It is, right. Powered I would just... ponder I don't know why that just popped into my head, but what I was going to say is, this is such this is me absolutely taking a terrible line on Jason Clark, and I don't mean it, but I'm just just thinking. Joe, we recast one role. If you were saying yeah. I couldn't have McConaughey as the top tier, and I had to pick to make the 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 impact film or the the ensemble film, sorry, yeah. and I had to pick two, do you, would you give me Jason Clark and someone to go in, and I could have Jason Clark in place of? Yeah, I feel like sure. he could do it. He ain't yeah. quite, he's he's not a bad looking fellow by any means, but he's not Matthew McConaughey. Um but I also feel like that smile's got enough charm on it to, behind it to work. Yeah, I mean Jason Clark, I mean big bracket
1: for him. I mean, he's been
0: an Everest as well, obviously. <laughs> so he's had a rough ride. <laughs> I fucking hate Everest. <laughs> I'll never um, I, I I actually think as an adult, it's the most heartbreaking film I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't oh, do I tears, like... but I don't, like, I don't genuinely don't do tears at films, but I was actually sad after <laughs> watching it. I didn't yeah. want to do the pod. I watched on the Wednesday night. I was like, I don't know if I want to talk about this, you know.
1: Oh, there we go. you got a, a rough time in here. Um, recasting someone in gold, I'd probably just be replacing one of the, uh, like, businessmen for no real reason. Um, I don't even know who had that in there. So, no, nothing jumps out at me can jump out
0: to you or not? No, no. Um, like Ramirez, uh, Ramirez brilliant. McConaughey brilliant. Yeah. Bryce Dallas uh, I think she's great. I do actually now that I've given it from thought, I do take the line that you could chuck her in a bit more. But uh, the, again, it was, I know it's you not what they do it in this film, is it? They're, they're no, not it's private. not. It's not just that. It's also we we're saying earlier this is this is like trim. This is like a yeah. spelt film, if you want. And I don't know. Yeah. As much as I'd like to see more of a I can't no. work out where you do it without making it a it.
1: bit in this,
0: yeah. And that's no disrespect to her, or because you're no. a woman running for that. I just think the film is women are essentially a means to an end in this film, <laughs> god, yeah. As, but as they are in so many ways. in terms of Matthew McConaughey, Joey jumped from one to one, yeah, and so, so on to be. Oh, I'm the guy, yeah. Um.
1: If the cast swapped, which film works best?
0: Well, I now think it's Jason Clark going to be McConaughey. Give me Oldman as de as Guzman.
1: You've got more to spread in gold as well.
0: Yeah. Oldman as a de Guzman, by the way. He does play a... Not a villain, he's, as in traditional terms. Cause he's, but he does play a great antagonist. Yeah. Gary Oldman's great.
1: If you had to add Hayden Christensen to one and Christian Slater to the other... Which would it be? An ape
0: to tearing up Aiden Christianson. I thought you might just put him in a motion capture suit. He can be Cobra. No, because I don't like it when he talks, so I can't imagine I'd like it much when he talks as an ape. He can't be Maurice. He can't be Maurice, no, you're right. <laughs> so you put him in gold. He can be one of the workers. No, I'll I'll throw him in. I'll put him in to put him in, and it'll just be someone at the apes murder in that battle. Just even I I would just make that scene. So where's Christian Slater going in gold? Christian Slater, do you know what, Christian I Slater? A, enough, a enough, yeah. There's another by the way, another one who if you ask me for a five and a five, maybe Christian Slater can go in as McConaughey. No? Uh you know what I'm, I'm saying? not sure. I'm not sure. Bye.
1: Um I don't I don't think Christian Slater's got the charm. Excuse me? You not seen in the true team. romance. Not, yeah, but no, it's not its not in the he same way. He charms you in that, which is ridiculous. But his, his charm in that is essentially that he's not intelligent at all. Um, mm. That they try and play the McConaughey character in this until the end, like he's almost two steps ahead. Mm. Until he's not. Okay. If you had to have Harrison Ford in one and Paul Rudd in the other, which would it be? Paul Rudd goes into gold
0: as... What's he doing in Dawn? Of, what's he doing in Planet of the Apes? He's just not that guy. <laughs> he could be uh, Jason he's, Clark's son. Yeah, he's he's just not that guy. <laughs> Maybe give me Paul Rudd as Maurice. Um, <laughs> oh, I like that actually. But he's just not that guy. This isn't his film. Um, uh, whereas Harrison Ford, it's a gritty gritty-ish film. Put him over. in anywhere. You should put him in anywhere. Like, just give him the Mel Gibson thing, and you just oh yeah, that makes sense. Harrison Ford's in this sort of thing. Sci-fi ish, etc. Yeah, Harrison Ford. You can't even doing Gary Oldman at a push. Whoa! Oh, oh, oh.
1: What not, low? Key, not... Which low-key piece of memorabilia would you take
0: from the movie? Uh, I wouldn't mind McConaughey's hat that he wears in the jungle. What about you? Just having a quick think. Um... I mean, any of the any of the re- relatively solid or the prospective yeah. gold. Um...
1: <laughs> the apes. I mean,
0: just, can we just
1: have Maurice between us? Yeah, just have him chill. I mean, he's low. He's not Cobra and
0: he's not Caesar, so we'll we'll push him. He, lo- and... he is low key for the for in terms yeah, of the apes yeah. in the film. It's also, really chill, low key personality.
1: Yeah, and in gold. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything when he's flash, but there isn't. He doesn't really treat himself to anything like that, so.
0: No, he he gets uh, the chain, and he? he's got. Uh, there's scenes where he's wearing sort of the gold chain, and it's in the, it's in the poster as well. Yeah, but, yeah,
1: probably something like that. Then, to be fair, there's or just to, um,
0: uh... maybe his sunglasses. Don't really yeah. like, like, aviators, but I do quite like them.
1: And then finally, if you had to make a spin-off TV series in the world of one of the films, which would it be? Gold. Gold. How's I the want TV to see this series going like the long form,
0: like six six episodes hour okay, hour each. Yeah breaking this down step one step two step three all the way to and then this is how it falls yeah. apart in the end for sure
1: yeah that's, that i agree with you so that wraps up that wraps us up for today um as i said small soldiers against cool running next week sean should be back with us then so uh there we go we we'll are back goodbye